0: Welcome into Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts with CPA and personal financial specialist, Phil Putney. Now let's get rolling with today's show. Hey everybody, welcome into Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts. We are moving right along with our podcast. Been doing a number of these. And if you haven't subscribed to us, please consider doing so. Uh, you can check out past episodes as well as talk, to, uh, you know, future episodes as we talk about things. Reach out to Phil, whatever you need. You can find all of it at philstaxhacks.com. That's philstaxhacks.com. Phil's been helping families get to and through retirement for many years and a great resource for you to tune into. He's a CPA and a personal financial specialist. We're going to talk about tax consequences, basically just pros and cons, Phil, is all I'm looking Mm -hmm. for this week on the podcast. Just give us a a few pros and a few cons from some of the main tax things, uh, vehicles, some of the main financial vehicles that people think about. Okay. Sure. So we'll start with the easy one, tax deferred, a
1: 401k kind of thing. Okay. It was present. So 401ks, IRAs, they're kind of the the most common retirement vehicle, you know, and to kind of set the stage. I mean, whenever we're working with clients, we always categorize the accounts in really three different types. So the the taxable investment, you know, the tax deferred and tax free. So that tax deferred, the middle one, like you said, that's the most common. That's where most people put their money away. Um, the, the biggest advantage there is truly that tax deferral, um, meaning you're not paying taxes on the contribution today. You get a deduction for it, but any growth in it is is deferred as well. You don't pay tax on the money in that account until it comes out. Gotcha. You know, which so the pro and con with it, you know. And I, I think often the misunderstanding though is that, oh, I'm getting a deduction, you know, and and no, you're really not getting a deduction, you're you're deferring. Yeah. yeah. Look at the look at the title. It's tax deferred. Right. Um, And and as long as you put that in perspective and understand it, like anything, but too much of anything is is can be a bad thing. You know. And and unfortunately, I think that's where most people, at least the clients that I end up working with, have ended up in their life is they've put as much as they could away in 401ks or in the IRA, Mm
0: -hmm. which
1: is awesome. They've saved for retirement. I'm not complaining. And they're they're in a great position for it. Right. From a tax standpoint, they have some challenges because now everything is tax deferred and most of them come to realize that you're not always in a lower tax bracket in retirement.
0: And that's probably- Sometimes it happens, but yeah. yeah. That's probably the big con, right? Is the fact that- uh, we're, you know, it's easy. We're like, Hey, sweet. I don't got to deal with it right now. You know, yep. I'll do it later kind of thing. And then later comes and you're like, Oh man, this is going to be a big bill. You know, yeah. well, as we're doing this stuff, it gets, you know, so that's, that's the conversation around doing something other than just tax deferred and that's having taxable strategies, bucket strategies, if you will. Right. like the next one, which is a Roth or a tax free account.
1: Yeah, so the, that third bucket that we talked about the tax free. So Roth is the most common in there. Common. you know and, and how they work is it's it's after tax money has gone in. so you've already paid tax on the principal. right. Any growth becomes tax free provided you follow the rules. So most tax free accounts have some rules attached to them. So for instance, Roth IRAs, for a what they call a contributory roth, meaning one that was established from contributions, mm-hmm. then that has to you have to have owned a roth, not necessarily even the current one you have, but a roth for five years. If you okay. do, then the growth inside it is tax free. Mm-hmm. When you get into conversions, meaning moving money from tax deferred to tax free, you have to pay the tax when you do that. Anytime money right. comes out of yep. tax deferred, but now each conversion has its own five-year window that the the growth has to stay there for that five years. So again, it's just a matter of understanding kind of the pro and con. So,
0: and those could be the, uh, there's limitations. So
1: there's limitations. So it's not just like with tax deferred, right? I mean, you can't put as much as you want in there necessarily. I mean, there are contribution limits and 401ks, IRAs, et cetera, same thing in tax free, you know, Mm -hmm. there's limitations on how much you can put in. And now there's also, income limitations. So once your right. income's above certain thresholds, you might not even be able to contribute to the Roth.
0: And Phil, that's on so, the potential chopping block as well. So what is it, 400000 Uh something yeah. like that. <clears throat> it yeah. used to be, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but it used to be the Roth limits income limits were lower and they yeah. raised them. And now they're considering taking them back down again.
1: Right. Well yeah and they're so they're yeah, they're they're limiting or talking about limiting even conversions. You know, so right. I mean, they, they, they've I had
0: they also discussing like if you made more than 100 grand, you might not be eligible to even do one at all.
1: Right. Yeah. So they're talking about that, too. So lowering generally the limits. But then they're also talking about instituting again limits of if your income is above a certain threshold, you can't even convert. You can't put oh, money you can't
0: into it as well. OK. Yeah. Right.
1: Wow. <clears throat> Which yeah. isn't I mean, if, if people think back that many years, maybe 15 years ago that that was there. Okay. You know there the, there used to be limitations on if your income was above certain thresholds, you couldn't convert. You couldn't right. put money in it as a, a contribution, but you couldn't even convert.
0: Well, so, but that's that's another place again where you know that's some of the stuff that kind of gets hidden or tucked into bills, uh, and the conversation yes. goes around the big. Thing. Well, it's for the rich. It's only going to affect the rich, and don't worry about it. And yada, yeah. yada. But there's a lot of little things like that that can really take a bite out of a strategic planning process for someone like yourself for retirement. Right. There's some pros and some cons for, for both sets of those first couple ones. What about pros and cons of tax, uh, taxable accounts? Excuse me, um, like after tax brokerage mm-hmm. accounts. What what are those?
1: So the growth in those accounts are taxable. So pros and cons. I mean, the, the pro to to a taxable investment, there's no limit. You can put as much as you want in there.
0: This would be like a money market, for example.
1: Or- well, I mean, or just like a, a brokerage account. You know, brokerage so if you've account. got you know some individual stocks or mutual funds, ETFs, whatever it is that is held outside of a retirement account. You know, okay. So you have it at one of the brokerage houses or with your advisor, whatever it happens to be, um, and it's not a retirement account. It's not an IRA, it's not a 401 k a 403b, yeah. it's not a Roth. It's just an investment account. You know, so those kind of an accounts, there's no limit. You can put as much as you want in it. Um, you can take it out whenever you want. You know? So the, the downside to the other tax deferred tax-free there's some strings, so to speak, even when you can take it out, right? If you take it out too early, there could be a penalty in addition to tax, you know, so no limits here. The the downside is any growth, even if it's reinvested. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you have dividends each year, you know, capital gain distributions, things like that, that happen, even if it's just getting reinvested, you're paying tax on that. And especially in mutual funds, it makes it a very challenging tax planning scenario because, you have no idea what those distributions are gonna be until December the 20th, you know, right around the end of December, cause they don't right. know, cause they're doing right. all the yeah. math to figure out what they have to distribute.
0: Yeah. So,
1: okay. you know, that's the biggest challenge in those tax taxable accounts is, is what is that tax gonna be? Or what's that dividend or capital gain distribution gonna be? And again, you don't control it. Okay. And even though you're not taking it out, you're paying tax
0: on it each year. All right, so pros and cons. For, I don't know that, is there if there's any, hardly any, but maybe CDs. There, yeah, so you know?
1: C, CDs pros, I, uh, I, I I can't think of a lot. I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> Sorry. The, the reality is in the interest rate environment we're in today, you probably can get better in a money market yeah. with most banks than you can for even a three to a five-year CD. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, so the pro back in the day, especially – Think back five, 10 years ago when interest rates were falling, Mm -hmm. a CD might have been a great investment because you could lock in the current interest rates. And as interest rates fell, you had that higher interest rate, you know, so you weren't as affected. Now, the downside to that is that as it matures, now you have that reinvestment risk, you call it. So, okay, CD matured. Now I got to put it back in. Oh, rate wasn't 3%. Now it's one, you know, now today, now it's a a quarter if you're lucky, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so yeah, uh, I, was, I mean
1: that's the biggest risk with CDs.
0: I was talking with another advisor last week, and he was telling me he he re, was recalling a story where he went in to with uh, to the bank with his dad in 1981, mm-hmm. and he was yep. I guess he was probably in his 20s or so then, and he got a CD uh, and it was 18, you yeah. know, and his dad his dad was a, a an advisor a, a financial professional back then and he, yep. he stayed in his family business, and he was saying that. He remembers his dad telling him that people were going, you know, I think I'm going to wait to get one because it's going to go higher. So I don't it's the age age old thing we do. Right. They're like, I don't want to get into a CD yet at 18 percent for five years or 10 years or whatever it was. I'll wait till it gets up to 20 and then I'll take one. Well, yeah, it never got to 20. It, it began didn't drop. fall by 1987, and it's yep. been on a downward trajectory ever since. Uh, all right, final one, Phil, tax consequences, pros or cons, life insurance. Uh, I don't know that many people even probably even think about the fact, are there pros and cons? Are there tax consequences to life insurance?
1: Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, life, life insurance is, it's, it's a broad term. I mean, it's like saying an automobile, right? I mean, there's okay. a lot of types of life insurance. I, the, the primary purpose of life insurance is protection in case somebody passes away. I mean, that's sure. the, yeah. the primary focus of it. From a tax standpoint, the benefit is that death benefits are tax free. You know, so that's huge. I mean, if you buy life insurance on your spouse, let's say, and they end up passing away, that ben- that benefit that it pays is all tax free. So that's right. a, a huge, you know, surplus that comes in that helps them make up for lost income and things like that.
0: But well, I think that's what most people think of is they think, well, life right. insurance is tax free.
1: But looking at it from a, a tax standpoint and, and other types, and there's many types of insurance. I mean, term insurance, you're just basically buying the death benefit. That's all it is. You're okay. buying that risk avoidance, so to speak, hmm. shifting the risk to the insurance company. Cash value type policies have built within them an investment component. You know, now I'm not saying life insurance is an investment, just understand from a cash value standpoint, there's really two pieces. There's the investment engine, if you want to think of it that way, inside that is as premiums, quote unquote, get paid in, it's really just a deposit into this account that is in earning interest or gaining value, depending on how it's invested. And that's going to be dependent if it's a whole life, you know, if it's a fixed or variable index. I mean, there's many types that are going to determine what that growth potential looks like or loss potential as well. Gotcha. You know, and, the the pro there is that the growth that happens internally inside that cash value is tax deferred. So you're not paying tax as it grows. There are ways that you can actually take the money out tax free, you know, so life insurance is, is a multifaceted tool. Um, There are definitely tax benefits and ways that you can position it and, and get some tax free type of income and, and, take advantage of that tax deferred growth and get the money out tax free if it's structured the right way. Right. Right. But just understand what it is, you know, first and foremost, it's a death benefit type of vehicle. And I mean, back in the heyday um, in the the early eighties, there was not a lot of rules around life insurance. And I mean, it was, the wealthy used it as an investment tool all the time because they could dump as much money as they wanted in it. It grew tax deferred. And there were ways they could then take the money out tax-free. We
0: still hear that nowadays as well.
1: Well, and there, there are ways to do it today. I mean, it, it's, a, it, it's a tool that can be used that way, but the IRS is, has really tightened up the rules on it. And yeah, there, there's this relationship between death benefit and, and cash value. I mean, you back in the day, I mean, you could put a million bucks in and have a million-dollar death benefit. And that's when the IRS was looking at it and saying, wait a minute, there, there's no life insurance here because – if you die, you're just getting your money back tax-free. Well, that yeah. no, we're not letting you do that. Yeah. You know, the, the insurance company has to be at risk. So anyways, it, it's a very complex tool. Don't yeah. go into it without understanding, but don't just write it off either because there are many uses for it. You know, one of the, yeah. the common uses we use it for a lot today, even though you might not quote unquote need the death benefit from a life insurance standpoint is the The ability to access that death benefit as a chronic illness rider. <clears throat> so I mean, if you can't perform, you know, the two out of six activities of daily living, the you know what most people might think of as long term care type of benefit, you got to be careful because there are some that are truly long term care type products and asset based long term care. Uh-huh. Well, now we're getting way off in the weeds, but it's what just that understand matter? that there, there's many types of or uses of it. Right. So um, don't don't write it off completely because you don't understand it or you don't think you need it. Right, um, right. But don't get sold on it either, because unfortunately, there's a lot of advisors that, oh, yeah, life insurance is the end all to everything and throw it all in a life insurance policy.
0: Well, and, so. and to the point of to the conversation today was just to look at some tax consequences. Cause like you right. said, we could go mm-hmm. off into the weeds about any of these things about pros and cons, about other things to an overall strategy or portfolio. This was just simply from a tax standpoint as a CPA, yeah. uh, you know, it's just kind of looking at these things. And these were the five big ones Phil, because that's something mm-hmm. what most people tend to think of as far as, you know, the, the different types of vehicles that they can put their money into. They think, well, I've got a life insurance, I've got a 401k, Got a Roth, you know the things that we covered.
1: At the end of the day, really, we talked about those tax buckets. You know, the taxable, tax deferred, tax free. It's not. <clears throat> there's no right answer where you know everyone should have everything in tax free. That's the right account or tax deferred. Well, that's the
0: one that's ta- appealing, though, you know, it,
1: it's yeah. I mean, tax free is very appealing, but again, it costs you. You're paying taxes up front to get there. Sure. It, it's just like investing. And that might I mean, be it, it's but it might not. Yeah, you might end up have you know having paid too much tax to right. get the money there versus having some of it deferred. Yeah. So it's kind of like investing and having that balance, right? Having the, the ver- we call it diversification all the time. You hear it applied to the investment world. Well, yep. there's such a thing as tax diversification. That's what we look at. Yep. And again, just like in investment world, there's no specific, oh, everyone should have this amount here and you know, each yeah. and, each yeah, of yeah. the buckets it really depends on what your income stream and need looks like compared to what you should have in the various
0: buckets. And we don't typically want to understand a lot of that stuff, which is why we turn to a professional. So, you know, it's Again, a lot of times what we do with the podcast is we try to talk in generalities, share some information, because at the end of the day, people, you know, they're only going to want to learn or retain so much of this kind of stuff, but it's good to have a working knowledge. And then you turn to a pro to help you with all the fine details and the minutiae. That's why yep. you turn to a pro on anything. A lot yep. of us could probably change our toilet and probably could and have many people can say, ah, I can do that. But at the end of the day, like I'll change the one on the ground floor, but I'm not changing the one on the second floor because if I make a mistake, yeah. I got a leak that goes down through the house, right? So it's, yeah. it's all about turning to the professional at some point. And I think that's the difference in in the accumulation phase. And we say it all the time, Phil. Right. As we're growing the money, it's a little easier to kind of do that thing on our own than it yeah. is when we transition into you know retirement, the distribution,
1: right. and yeah. How do exactly. how do I unwind this and and right. you know, get the the best advantage to me from
0: it? So. Everything, yeah, and yep. Social Security and the taxes and the just and the insurance and on and on and on. So. Yep. We'll wrap it up this week with those pros and cons from tax consequences. If you got some questions about tax consequences and, and maybe being more tax-efficient, reach out to Phil. Stop by the website philstaxhacks.com. That's philstaxhacks.com. Again, don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple, Google, Spotify, all that good kind of stuff, uh, YouTube, so on and so forth. Or just give him a call at 248-888-7530. It's on the screen as well. And we'll see you next time. Phil, thanks for hanging out with me. We'll talk to you next time here on Phil's Tax Hello. Hacks